Hello, I'm Emma Jane Purcell and welcome back to Fail Harder, the podcast where I chat to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. Joining me on the podcast today, I have the absolute queen that is Tara Stewart. I did the Halloween sprint and I tried my hardest. I was like, come on. I literally pushed my <laughs> oh body God. to like the furthest it could go. And I came last, but I was just running. And I just remember just looking at everyone passing me by, just being like, how am I not keeping up? This is, I'm like, mm. you know, I'm literally pushing my body to its limit. And I lost and I was mortified and I felt really shit because I felt really shit about myself in school anyway, physically. So it was a really embarrassing moment. So I'd say that would be my first memory of um, failure. Since arriving here almost a decade ago, Tara has made a huge name for herself as a DJ and as a presenter, landing her very own show on RTE's 2FM and more recently starting her hugely successful RTE podcast, Dirty Laundry. But today, Tara isn't here to talk about success. She's here to talk failure. Hi Tara. Hello, how are you? <laughs> you're very welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to explain the format mm-hmm. of the podcast to you before we begin. So I have 20 questions in front of me here, um, numbered at random and in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life might throw at us, um, you get to pick the numbers. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. sounds good? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Okay, so Tara... What number would you like first? I think we'll go with number one. Number one? Oh. <laughs> oh I'll just go Start straight in there. <laughs> Imagine I just go in order. You're like, that's not how this works. <laughs> so, number one. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? I do now. I mean, I never used to. And um, because I wasn't getting anything I wanted for so long. And um, there was a lot of things, uh, opportunities that were like close or that I really wanted and I just never got. And um, people close to me, especially like that, I guess, were in the industry, were like, no, like, well, Tracy Clifford, a good friend of mine, says, now I always get the saying she says wrong. So hopefully I get it right. And she said, what's not for you will won't pass, won't pass you. you. Something along the lines yes, of that. You I've, get the gist. I've heard it. I've heard it many times. And that's funny is she's literally said it to me so many times and I still can't repeat it properly. <laughs> but anyway, she's, I mean, every, like, you know, she'd be someone I'd speak to a lot because she's a good friend of mine and she would always say that to me. And she was like, you know, like there's, it's not meant to be or whatever. And so, but I, at the time, like maybe, maybe this is even a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I was just, was, and for most of my life, to be, to be honest, I was like, no, like this isn't the case at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because I didn't get any wins for a really long time. And so maybe it, because I have now, I'm like, uh, because I've got the things I've actually really worked hard for, now I believe it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I, it's hard to believe it in the moment because you're just like, well, is anything going to happen? Yes. But now that stuff has, I'm like, well, now I look back on it. And I'm like, there were opportunities that I wanted that I didn't get. And, and you know, it, I'm so happy I actually didn't get them because it meant I would have been able to, to get what I get now. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. I do believe it now, looking back on it. It's really hard to think about it in the moment, though, because you kind of need something to reference it to, I it's, guess. It's the worst thing, I think, to hear yeah. in the moment when, like, you really wanted something. Yeah. And... You're like, it's unfair. You're like, yeah. well, I really deserved it, you feel sometimes. And, and it's like, oh, fuck, it was going yeah. happen for a reason. Like, why didn't this happen? Exactly, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's just to make me feel better about this yeah. shitty thing. Exactly. 
But then when something works out, it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, only because you can look back on it. Mm-hmm. It's, it but it's like, you know, when you break up with someone in the moment, everyone's like, you're going to feel so great after this. You'll be feeling fine. And you're like, I will never feel good again. That's how you feel in the moment. Mm. But then a few months pass and you you do, then you're like, okay, yeah, you're actually right. Yeah, you know? 100%. Mm. I agree. Okay, next question. Uh, we're going go for five. Five. How do you cope with failure? Oh, I don't cope well, I don't think. Oh. I don't know. I just, because, um, like, I'm a very passionate person and when they, I, I hate when I know of an opportunity that is a possibility. I'd rather just not know about it and maybe in the behind the scenes it could be a possibility and then if I've got it, I've got it. But, like, even right now, and I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not, um, not going to say what it is because... Um, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm very much a jinx kind of person as well. I'm like, I don't want to jinx it, but I'll tell 20 people. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I'm like, but like, don't tell anyone I don't want to jinx it. But there's an opportunity that was like a possibility that I'm going to get. And like, I would love to get this so much. I mean, almost everything that, you know, was an opportunity for me, I would love to get, obviously. Um, yeah, so I don't cope well, I don't think. I do get really upset um, when I don't get things um, that I hope to get. And I don't know why, like, I've tried to cope well with failure, but like, I really, I'm just a really passionate person and to mm. be honest for some reason I'm getting more emotional the older I get yes. like I cry at the smallest things even like I don't know the, even just things I cry about strangers like knowing that they're going through a hard time I just start bawling if someone's telling me the story like that happened the other day and I was like what is wrong with me like and it's not because I have my period like that is not the reason at all so I don't cope well with it and I wish I did cope better. I do um, forget about it in maybe a week, but and well, not even a week. I don't dwell on things. I don't stew on things. Yeah. I get a cry out in the moment and then it's behind me. Yeah. So I guess that's my way of dealing with it is like I will be really, really upset and I'll be really down. I'll go and talk about it with my boyfriend or my friends. And then I, I like I usually and this is a thing my boyfriend Mango did teach me was like to give myself a day, you know, like you get one day to be moaning and upset about it. And then put it the past, move on. Interesting. I think that like in the industry that, you know, you're in, there's like an expectation, especially in the creative industry, there's like this expectation that because you get so much rejection that you'll just be so cool with it. And like, yeah. oh, like sure, you're used to it, mm. you know, because I did acting and obviously do presenting as well. And there's so much rejection. So and much. people are like, oh, sure, you know, you mm. obviously cope with that fine. I'm like, no, I actually cope with it worse yeah. than probably a normal person because it means so much to me. It you does, know? exactly. And that's it. You just want to be better. You want to get further in your career. And because it means so much to us, that's why we get upset. So I find if maybe it would be weird if I didn't get upset about the opportunities that um, I don't get. Is there something that, was there an opportunity like that you can specifically remember that you, like that really kind of took a toll on you that you didn't get? Is there um, anything that like would stick out in your memory? I'm trying to think. I mean, I um, I don't know how upset about this I was at the time. I think there's two things I can think of. I don't know how upset I was at the time about this. Um, but when I was like 14, I almost got signed to Sony in Australia. I used to be a singer. And now looking back, I'm like, yeah, if that happened to me now, I probably would have been absolutely devastated. But I think at the time I was like, I'm 14. I don't care. I'm a teenager. I'm just doing whatever. Um, so that was something that like I definitely would like I would have changed the route of my life. I might not be successful, but it would. I don't think I'd be here now. So I'm kind of happy that didn't happen. But I guess the other one is like there was a show opportunity that I really wanted maybe like two years ago and I didn't get it and I was devastated about that. 
Mm. And that was a big moment when I was told, no, it's like, no, there will be a better, not a better opportunity, but there's going to be the right opportunity for you in the future. So then when I got my show this year, that's when I was like, oh, this was it, you know? But I was still very anxious. I mean, I didn't believe I had my show until I literally was on air. (laughs) Like they're going to take it away from me. Literally, I was like, this is not real. Like, how did I get this? And it wasn't until I was literally on air and I said my first link and I was like, and I, I, I but when I played my first song, I just started crying in the studio. And because I'm by myself, it was really <laughs> grim. Like it was depressing. And uh, like, to be honest, kind of prefer no one was there because no one saw me. But um, I just had to compose myself, obviously. But I, I didn't believe that I, so I think if I didn't get that, I, because I knew about that opportunity for a couple months. If I didn't get that, that would have been even worse. Yeah. So yeah, I did have an opportunity, but like then it, it, it turned out getting even better. I okay. guess. Amazing. I love to answer questions for about 10 minutes, if you haven't noticed. I know, I love I'm it. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next number. 12. Number 12. Oh. Oh, gosh. Tara Stewart. <laughs> Spell psoriasis. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> My mom is going to listen to this and be like, oh, Tara, come on. She's been trying to make me really good spell in my whole life and it's never worked. It's not an easy one. Psoriasis. Psoriasis. What's like, psoriasis even mean? The skin condition. You oh. know, you know, like people who have, it's kind of oh, like, yeah. kind of like, like eczema. Kind of, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to give it a bash. I know I'm not going to get it right. Go on, give okay, it a bash. Okay, psoriasis. Psoriasis. So, so S. I feel like I've already got it wrong. Yeah. It doesn't start uh-huh. with an S. <laughs> you failed. C. I'm going to say C. Nope. What other S is there? Okay, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Psoriasis. S-O-R-I-Y-A-S-I-S. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm sorry to anyone that has it if I've offended you. It's actually P-S. Oh, for a- it's a silent P. Of course it is. There's absolutely no reason for silent P's. Just take it away. Why is it there? <laughs> silent P, it's like in Friends. I Watch hate Friends. silent letters. They're so stupid. <laughs> They're so stupid. P-S-O-R-I-A-S-I-S. I got the S-I-S right. You did get the S-I-S. <laughs> That's a win. That is a positive. And you learned about psoriasis. I did, I did. And also an educational podcast. <laughs> I love it. All right, next number. Um, number. 15. Number 15. Um, what's your earliest memory of failure? Earliest memory of failure? I think it would have been when I was in primary school and I we used to have um, what are they called athletics day I don't know what they're called here it's like a sports day yeah sports yeah, day yeah. yeah sports day that's what it's called I don't think it's actually called no it's called athletics day sorry <laughs> so and I actually used to love athletics day oh, did I I actually no I actually think I hated it I hated it because um, I mean I played sports I, but I did like basketball and swimming mostly and that was never part of competitions in school, um, which was annoying because that's the two things I was actually good at. So because I was a big boned girl and literally was the height I am now when I turned 10, um, I was always the one that was made to do were you, shop work. Were you actually the yeah, you now I, I was 10? the high I am now at like 10 or 11. Wow. I was the highest person in my whole entire primary school. It was mortifying. I hated it. And then oh. I got my period a year later. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> the world um, hates me. The world literally hates me. So I used to be I used to be the one that was doing shot put and discus and like javelin. They were like, yeah, Tara's really strong. Oh, God. 
But I wasn't strong. Like, I just was big boned. I was a big girl. I was not good at those things. I was so weak, if you think about it. And then I, I think I used to do, I used to do triple jump and like long jump and stuff because I was tall. Um, I was actually pretty good at those two things, but the strength ones, not so much. But my failure thing would have been, I just remember having to do the 100 meter sprint, right? Because you basically had to do everything. I think you had to at least do everything like every, you know, few months, whatever. I think with the sports day was maybe once or twice a year. And it was a big day for people that were really good at athletics specifically. Like it was a huge deal for them. And I remember just being like, like running 100 meters can't be that hard. Like... If it's just all in the brain. I literally was like, it's all in the brain. It has to be like, how? Obviously, if I really put my mind to it, I can do this. And see, that's what I, that's the motto I have for life in general. But don't have it for something you physically are not capable of doing. So I remember just trying, I was in the 100 meter sprint. And um, I'd say everyone listening is probably like, Jesus, that is absolutely hilarious. I did the 100 meter sprint and I tried my hardest. I was like, come on. I literally pushed my <laughs> oh body God. to like the furthest it could go. And I came last, but I was just running. And I just remember just looking at everyone passing me by, just being like, how am I not keeping up? This is, I'm like, mm. you know, I'm literally pushing my body to its limit. And I lost and I was mortified and I felt really shit because I felt really shit about myself in school anyway, physically. So it was a really embarrassing moment. So I'd say that would be my first memory of um, failure, which yeah, is funny now I look on it. But at the time, it was awful. like awful. I think when you're a kid, like you feel so invincible that if yeah. you do have that moment where you realise you're not or you're actually really bad at something mm. it's heartbreaking that's the thing I also kind of I mean love my parents but also they big me up way too much especially <laughs> when I was a kid which I know is great it's really great to encourage your children but my parents did make me think I was like especially my dad shout out to my dad I love you but he did make me think I was God and believe like you know so it was like you could do anything you want in the world which yes you can but there are things you can't I'm sorry I will never be a hundred yeah. meter sprinter that is just a fact it's not because I don't want to be it's like no that's just literally the way it is so I think that's what it was yeah mm. and now I think like I only kind of got used to realizing like oh I actually can't do everything I want to do when I got older that was a lesson I learned when I got older. It's a horrible lesson. Yeah, it is. It is. But I, I do. I really want to make a point that I love my parents for encouraging me so much. Um, but I think realizing <laughs> that I would not be good at athletics was a big one for me. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> my parents used to make me go out and do hurling. Yeah. Because like, I'm from Tipperary. Yeah. And I mean, why? <laughs> like I was so bad at yeah. it. I absolutely hated it. Like I would always be like. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I no. I can't go. Yeah. They'd be like, no, go on, you can do it, go on. And I'd be like, no, nah. no, it's not happening. Same with football. Did. My dad actually used to make it's me play football with the kids um, and with the boys. And there was only myself and another girl that actually, and basically, because my dad's Irish, so there was a huge Irish crew and they got all their children. I mean, there was only a couple of girls, but it was like mostly boys and they all got them to be on like, um, to play football to make a team and my dad was like yes Tara's going to be amazing and I was terrible and I hated it I, used to, I, I, I gave a bad rep for girls I have to say because I just would stand there just picking my nails the yeah, whole time yeah. and just be like oh why do I have to do this I don't want to be here yeah <laughs> alright cool let's move on to the next question uh, what no, number would you like number two. Oh yeah okay are success and failure linked for you or are they two very separate things uh, I think they're linked because it just makes me um, think 
I always kind of have this like refresh, I think. I'm not sure when it happens. It just kind of happens randomly. When I have a refresh and I look at back on my career, I look at the future, I sit down and think about what I can do, what moves I can do. Am I being too comfortable? And I think it does happen when I do fail, not fail at something, but yeah, I guess fail at something when something I get want doesn't happen. I relook at, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm the worst failure ever. But I'm like, okay, I didn't get that, but like, let's keep moving forward. So mm. I think it does, yeah. Do you always move forward? Because like, I've definitely had times where I failed a, a lot in a row. Like I haven't mm. got what I wanted. And then I've definitely come to points where I'm, I find it really hard then to actually get motivated. I'm, I'm um, like, oh, mm, you know, what's the is point? It worth I, it? I eventually do, but it just takes longer than when if I get like a little bit of success, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's keep happy. I think, no, I honestly, I'm always motivated. Like I'm constantly wanting to move forward and do more and work more. Amazing. And constantly try to think of things I can do. And it frustrates me sometimes because I'm like, there's so many things I want to do, but then and I'm doing everything I can do. And there's just other little puzzle pieces I wish would just fall into place and they they haven't yet or it's up to someone else for those puzzle pieces to fall into place. And, and so that annoys me when I have to rely on other people to get what I want. Mm. I don't mean like that sounds like it's really selfish. I just mean like, I'm like, oh, I really want to get this goal, but I have to wait for this or I need to be made, have more followers or I need to be known more in London or, mm. you know, small things like that, I guess. Um yeah, so I, I mean, guess... it is so hard to to try and do something by yourself, though. Like, yeah, you do have to. I mean, well, I do I, all the time. <laughs> I kind of had no choice because when I moved here um, in 2011, um, I mean, I spent a lot of time just faffing about. To be honest, about three or yeah, three or four years. Why did you move here? Well, I moved. I wanted to be a musician originally, and I was planning on moving to London, but I'd never lived away from home before, and I was like 20, just turned 20, and had just broken up with my boyfriend, and my parents wanted me to leave Alice Springs just because everyone stayed not everyone stays there but a lot of people did and they didn't want me to a lot of my friends went to Adelaide and Melbourne um, a couple of my friends one went to Hong Kong one went to LA and they're doing great in their fields now um, and they're who I keep in touch with mostly I just didn't feel comfortable in Alice Springs anymore I couldn't afford to go to college so I kind of just had to think of something else and that was coming here and I was doing music for a few years and I was doing decent in that for a few years but then I just fell out of love with it I just kind of I mean I've been playing music since I was nine and I just got sick of it to be honest but what did I, you play? Uh, I played the flute and saxophone and piano accordion mandolin uh, guitar wow and I sang as well <laughs> did you play enough? <laughs> I did my dad just every Christmas here's a new instrument to learn <laughs> um, pre pretty much that's how it kind of worked to be honest but yeah no, I, I trained a lot in music classical jazz and I, I love that I know it now because I can I understand music and when I listen to music I understand things and in a in a, a technical term um, but I just fell out of love with playing it I just I could, but I love music like music makes me so happy and I love playing music for people and I love showing people new music or showing them old music. That's why I love DJing, you know, mm. especially like last night I was DJing for Swatch and they said, oh, can you do an R&B and hip hop set? And I was like, yes, that is, they're my favorite sets to do. And it was like three hours and like it was a press event and it was one of the most fun press events I've ever DJed because everyone was just living, everyone was with me, do you know, like so Amazing, when people yeah. get amongst it, but I just was playing that old school R&B and hip hop and like, so I love making people feel happy. But um, I just wasn't happy creating music like that anymore. I do want to get into producing, but I literally don't have a second to do that right now. But I really, really want to get into that next year. That's kind of one of my goals is to yeah. get into doing remixes and stuff. Um, 
but yeah, I, I definitely want to get into that next year, I think. I think it's so cool that you have come from Australia to Ireland and made this like amazing career for yourself because we as Irish people we always leave like mm. I mean like it's just a thing like we always leave so many Irish people go to Australia so many Irish people go to London or America it's so rare that like people come here here to have a creative mm. uh, career like they come here for work but a creative career yeah. is so rare and like you've done it and you're Thank you. on RTE yeah I know I'm still like <laughs> what the fuck I mean I think I had another a moment because you can get comfortable sometimes and just get like, a bit complacent you're like oh yeah blah blah, blah. I have a show on 2FM whatever and then the other day I was playing a song my Summer Walker and Usher and it's such a jam and I was just playing it and I had the speakers turn up really loud in the studio and I was like I just had this like out of body, I don't know, not even out of body. I just had this like realization of like where I was, mm. and I was like, oh fuck, I can, oh I'm actually like this is my job, like yeah. and this is what I wanted, and I get to actually do it. Like it still baffles me, like it's crazy. Do you think that there's more pressure um, now that you are working for like obviously Ortiz, <clears throat> the biggest broadcaster in the country, mm-hmm. um, in comparison to when you were working for smaller stations? And stuff? Oh, defo, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. There's um, a different, what's the word for it? Standard. Yeah. Um, for RTE. And um, and I think so far my standard is pretty high and so far so good. I mean, I haven't had any negative feedback yet. Um, I mean, there's a couple of people I've seen online being like, we hate that. Uh, where's the old school hip hop at? Like, <laughs> I hate this like, oh, like bitches and ass and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> you're just, you just don't like that music, that hit kind yeah, of hip hop. And that's fine. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, you've got Anderson Pack. He's making deadly kind of R&B stuff and hip-hop. Um, Kendrick Lamar, also quite classic. But then you've got your amigos, and they just, they were bitching about that. And it's just gas. So that's the only kind of negative negativity I've seen online. That's incredible. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, not even online. I don't look. Sorry, I don't mean online. I just mean in general. in general. But I happened, I did happen to stupidly look it up, and um, I saw them say that. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's fine. That's just taste. Yeah. You know, it's different. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next question. What number would you like? Uh, 17. Number 17. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) In what country will you find the city of Timbuktu? I feel like I was asked this in school. I feel like I have a flashback that I was asked this in school. When you hear it, you'll be like, I've heard that before. But it it is... Africa. It's in Africa. Yes. A what city? What country? Oh, oh, <laughs> see, I'm really stupid. That's what people need to know. Well, I tell you. Oh, fine. <laughs> Do you want to give it a bash? Does it start with a Z? No. No. <laughs> no. Mali. Mali. I wasn't going to get it. But now you'll know it forever. Now, well, I hope so. <laughs> and I doubt I will. <laughs> to be honest, I definitely have one ear out the other syndrome. It's very annoying. <laughs> All right, next number. 18. The picking of the numbers is such a important. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like, I'm going to be answering them all anyway. Um, has anyone you loved ever really failed you? Um... Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I'm trying to think of. Um, I mean, you obviously don't have to say. No, I doubt. I'm not going to say, but um, no, definitely a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. Um, even a small way. There's been really big ways. Um, in my past, and um, 
when I was like a teenager, there were some really big moments that was failed. But like, um, yeah, I guess, you know, it happens a lot often in life, you know, just small little things, even if you're like, I know you have plans and someone cancels, stuff like that. But you can't take those things too seriously. But yeah, it definitely has happened. Mm. Mm. Is there like, has there, is there one specific time in your life that you kind of think back like on, you know, maybe you were broken hearted or maybe mm. you've like ended a friendship or something or. Yeah, I mean, I actually did. Yeah. And unfortunately ended a friendship with someone that was like my best friend. And this person and I were so close, like really, really, really close, like inseparable. And just suddenly she just turned on me mm. for absolutely no reason. I still don't know why. Um, and that broke, that definitely broke my heart because yeah. like she was my number one and I still to this day have no, and I've tried to find out why, tried to organize to meet up. Um, I won't give too many details because yeah. I, <laughs> I don't I don't know if she listens to things, but um, yeah, just uh, that really, really broke my heart. And I still to this day, I'm just baffled. Even when I see her, I'm just like... This is just weird. Like yeah. you and I used to like, you know, share everything together. It's like breaking up with a boyfriend, you Absolutely. know, like you literally shared every single part of your life. And, you know, I did grow up with her for many years here. And um, that was one of my po- probably biggest failures. The, I think fail- being, being failed by, sorry. And mm-hmm. I guess another one was also another friend who I've now reconciled with. We've kind of, I think because he's changed, which is good. And he stopped, um... He had to stop being friends with me because his girlfriend didn't like me. And it sounds like people don't like me, but people love me. Okay. People I just love want people Sarah. to know. No, it just she I think she she thought him and I were having an affair, basically. Oh, <laughs> and we really? weren't we were not having an affair. And she just wasn't convinced. We were in a band together and she right. just wasn't convinced. She just didn't believe it. And him and I just were in a band together and we were best mates, like we had a lot in common. We had a lot of family shit that was the same. So we really got on. Um and you know, I respected his decision. He was like, I have to stop being friends with you. And so he did for many years. And but he's not like with her anymore. He's, you know, happily married and um, um, with a, a gorgeous new woman and him and I have reconciled not reconciled we just kind of like we saw each other quite recently actually and I was like I really missed him so mm. that was I'm happy that's had a nice happy ending Good. but I'd say the biggest thing would actually be that one uh, one person I think the ending of a friendship is like nearly harder than the ending of a mm. romantic relationship because mm. you know romantic relationships sometimes a lot of them break up and that's kind of like will we will, will we stay together or yeah. will we break up but it's Whereas, like to the point yeah usually yeah. there's a cut off there's a cut off and yeah. a friendship is like just something you just presume it's, is going to last forever yeah. and it's great and then if something happens that like changes that I think it's and we don't know yeah I think it's harder to actually confront a friend as well it's easier to confront a partner to be like I don't want to be with you anymore we're breaking up but that doesn't happen in friendships, I don't think. No. You know? So I think that's why. Because you don't have a definite ending. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. It's getting deep. Deep. All right. <laughs> next question. Um, four. Question number four. Do you try to sugarcoat your failure? No. Never. Really? No. That's cool. No, I don't. Because I'm just lying to myself then. And I'm kind of faking it to myself, I feel, then as well. I don't, I hate faking it. I don't like, you know, clout chasing, you know, making like something's bigger than it is. When I hype something up online, like when I'm, I remember last year, um, I bought my first designer bag and like 
I just want to say for the record, it was very cheap. It wasn't like it cost thousands or hundreds. <laughs> uh, but I happened to get a really good deal on Depop and it was like a Louis Vuitton bag that Ooh. it was like, and it's from, it was vintage from the noughties. I'd wanted that bag. I remember seeing the bag. Paris Hilton wore the bag. Naomi Campbell wore the bag. And so I was a bit able to, for the first time in my life to have that kind of disposable income to be able to treat myself. And I bought it for myself for my Christmas last year. And I hyped it up. I was like, I've wanted this bag since I was literally 10. And that's true. And so I only hype up things that deserve the hype, I feel. Same with when I got my show. Um, but I never, ever sugarcoat failures. I mean, I have I was fired from a job before. It wasn't my fault, but I was. But And I remember my dad, I said it in an interview. Or did I say on, I think I said, in, I said it online. I was like, oh, I can't believe I was fired from a job. And now like, three years later I'm doing this my dad was like you need to tell people why you were fired though like you know he was like I don't want to he was like I don't want people thinking it was your fault and I was like I actually don't care I yeah. was like you know I don't that's like I'm I don't care that was something that happened that I was embarrassed about mm. for a long time and so I didn't actually I told my close friends but I mean I wasn't in a position to have to tell people and now I'm just like I don't care so I don't I don't sugarcoat my failures at all <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, six. Six. Oh, yeah. David, David's father has three sons, Snap, Crackle, and... Snap, Crackle. Is that like the Rice Krispie thing? So, David's father has three sons. David's father has three, has three sons. sons. David! Yes! <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> it probably took... Longer than the average human, but I did get there. Nah, the first time I heard it, I was like, pop. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. I love it. Great. <laughs> All right, next number. Um, seven. Number seven. Um, have you any past failures that you look back on now and say, thank fuck that didn't work out? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think what it what specifically. Yeah, I guess. Um, uh, well, like, you know, when I actually did get fired from, I was working as a waitress for years and I got fired. Um, apparently I was too over overpowering as a woman. Uh, literally, that was what was said to me. But the real real reason was because um, I wasn't as... Basically, I was trying to get into radio. So I was working loads in radio. I was like literally um, in RT digital stations trying to really get um, in there as much as I could. So I was literally like any any slots available I will do. And, um, and also, I just was trying to hang about the radio centre, to be honest, because like just to get to know people and network, basically. And so I was more specific with my times when I was available. I was like, oh, I can only work these days. And um, I got, yeah, he tried to push me out for a long time. And then eventually uh, it kind of came to a head and... That was the reason he said was the most stupid thing I'd ever heard in my life. And I was raging because he did, wasn't honest with me. And if it was just like, Tara, you're just not more available, that's fine. But he didn't say that. So that was annoying. So I'd say... Did he actually say you're too overpowering as a woman? Yes, literally said those words. And I was like, what? I was like, are you joking me? And like, I always, no matter what job it is, I will always do 100%. Um, and as, I mean, I used to get so stressed out as a waitress because I was like, I really took my job seriously, no matter what job I'm doing. And I grew up in hospitality. Both my parents owned a bar and a restaurant. So, you know, like I really do. Um, it's in a really important job. But um, yeah, so that's what happened there. And like that at the time, I was so devastated. And I wasn't making, I was making 
no money. Like, you know, I was going, I was doing the odd DJ thing here and there in restaurants and the money was terrible for that, but it was fair. I mean, I wasn't a good DJ at the time. I was just starting out, but um, I was making no money. So I wasn't making any money in radio. So that was my main income gone. Mm. And so that's when I had to really hustle and um, really try. Unless I wrote to District Magazine, um, I saw they tweeted that they were looking for a journalist, and I was I did a journalism diploma. I think like <laughs> I, I mean, and I did it mostly because I wanted to know the law of journalism and just know the in terms of being liable and all that and defamation. Uh, so I hustled my ass off. I asked them for like at least you know a bit of money every week the pay was terrible but you know it was a starting business and everything and so that was my biggest failure because I really had to it felt like a TED talk I was like I got fired and I had to literally go and hustle so hard because I was like you know what I want I made a deal to myself that that would be the last hospitality job I had but then when it was gone I was like oh fuck but it wasn't I didn't Mm. choose to leave yet I wasn't ready to leave yet but then when it happened from that then when I was more available I went to RT and I was like I'm really flexible I'm really available for any cover any little bits and pieces you want me to do and so it, the, I mean I would say the universe works in my favour but at the same time I literally went out and said to people mm. that I'm free to do things and then I got I emailed loads of PR companies I was like I'm a DJ and like really worked hard at my DJing then as well I was like right I need to make a proper go of that so that was the best failure to ever happen I think yeah it's it's the decision not to go back into a job that mm. like you know is going to pay you money to have that side job yeah that's terrifying like yeah. to really feel the fear yeah um, and like that's it's not a nice feeling but I'm happy it happened at the time and uh, now but like it was terrifying I had to pay rent bills yeah because like you don't have the opportunity to live at home no like, no nothing in Australia yeah. so wow and it has to yeah. happen yeah exactly I had no choice but to succeed I guess and you did Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next number. Um, nine. Number nine. Um, okay. What part of failure is impossible to put a positive spin on? Um, they're not getting it. Mm. Um, like you can't put a positive spin on that, especially say if you know that you're up against other people, and um. If, I mean, never ask for feedback. Why do you want feedback? Just no. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> just don't. No, I'm joking. You say if it's like if it's something like radio or on air stuff, and um, and, and like the actual work side of things, definitely feedback is very important because then you can improve. If it was if that was the case, but no, that you can't put a positive spin on just not getting the thing in the first place. I guess. Yeah, I think a failure is interesting because obviously you know, this podcast is about failure and mm. there's like a lot of good that comes with failing. And, Absolutely. You know, it, it's like, oh, you fail, but like, you know, that's part of life. But obviously we all are scared of it for some inbuilt reason because, mm. you know, there's that really... We want to survive. Yeah. I think that's survive, it. You want to yeah. survive. You want to be able to put food in your stomach. You want to be able to um, put a roof over your head, pay for your electricity, pay for your phone bill. And then also be able to have your luxuries like go out and socialize and buy clothes or buy bags or whatever. So I think that's what it is for me. It's like I want to be able to live basically at the end of the day. So to the idea of not being able to have that is scary. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I don't know. I sound like I'm doing a TED talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> so much inspiration. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I probably sound like such a wanker. Not at all. Um, all right. I think we have time for one more question. Ten. Number ten. How do you measure your success? Huh. That's a good question. I. 
I think I've, I've I, honestly, I think only in the last two weeks I've actually felt like this year has been really good. Um, even though I've been told it by people, I'm, I've just been like, no, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm not there yet. And I've always had that feeling throughout my life. And, it's, and I, I still, I think I'm still catching up with myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I'm always hustling, always trying to think of the next thing, what I can do to further myself. And I love being busy. Like, it's my favorite thing to be busy. I hate not having much to do. Um, but the way I measure it, I really don't know. I guess the way I measure it is how many goals I was able to tick off this year, I guess. Yeah. And annoyingly, I did write down a list of goals. My best friend Stephen in LA, he does he does does this every year. Both of us do it together. But I don't know where I wrote that. Like I cannot <laughs> remember for the life of me where I wrote it last year. I think I wrote it in some diary, but then like I don't have any of my diaries anymore. I've lost them all. <laughs> so I've been raging that I can't remember where I put the goals. But I do know that like uh, two of my goals, and I'm sure I had more, but two of them, one was to get a radio show, to get this radio show. The other was to DJ at London Fashion Week. Um, and then the other one um, is to do with like a magazine thing that I am getting. And that they were three big goals this year. So I guess that's the way I measure it. Maybe in a mathematical way, I'm just like, yeah, I've ticked off these mm. things on my list. Um, all right. So Tara, thank you so much for coming on the no, podcast thank you. today. You've been amazing. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry. I, I talk a lot. So I'm sorry about that. No, talking is great. It's <laughs> I a guess podcast. that's what the podcast for. <laughs> thank we you for having me. don't want to be sitting here awkwardly <laughs> an hour. Just yes and no answers. Nothing worse. <laughs> Fear. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Fail Harder. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. As this is a new podcast, any help in getting the word out there is always much appreciated. Um, please subscribe, rate and review it. Um, tell people, share it on your social media. That would be really, really great. Um, also, feel free to get in touch with me on Instagram at Emma Jane Purcell or on Twitter at Emma Jane Purcell. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.